This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Today, WDET begins airing a daily segment from Marketplace called Marketplace Tech, and it focuses on the economy and the impact of technology. Marketplace Tech is hosted by Molly Wood. She spoke with WDET's Laura Weber Davis about why tech deserves its own show. You know, tech used to be uh, a beat that was really focused on new gadgets, new devices, you know, what kind of thing you might buy, uh, a way that you might use it, how to use that technology. And increasingly, we're finding that, you know, the top five, the five biggest companies in the world by by market value on any given day are tech companies. We're discovering the extent to which the business models of these companies affect our day-to-day lives, whether it's our privacy, you know, the the sort of constant news about data breaches, and then, of course, what we use every day and what our kids use and, and what it does to our brains and how it impacts how we talk to each other. And there's still so much about that that has sort of crept up. I often say it's sort of like boiling a frog. And I think a lot of us all of a, just, all of a sudden realized, wow, we're in this pot of boiling water and the tech industry's kind of run away with a lot of money and attention and time. And we should take a step back and try to understand what's going on here. So when did you know as a journalist that you were a frog in a boiling pot? <laughs> I mean, I have been at a slow simmer for almost 20 years, so I'm not sure <laughs> that I was always the most alert frog either. <laughs> I I think there was definitely, I remember around, I mean, I have always been interested in how the actual technology works. It's funny because when I started covering tech, it was around 2000. Um, so it was right before the dot-com crash. And so I think I always had this awareness of sort of the fragility of the the impact that the tech sector had on our lives and and what a big impact it could have you know economically even if not everyone was using these products or aware of how they worked and at that time in technology we really dug into you know net neutrality was just starting to become a conversation you had big telecom companies saying wait a second i'm carrying a lot of google traffic and i feel like i should be getting paid more for that hmm. and consumers saying, but wait, you're already getting paid by consumers. And, you know, I mean, it was a baby embryonic discussion. And so many of these, and they were really technical. You know, we just, I think like we dug into the technology a lot more then because it wasn't so wrapped up in pretty packages. And I think it was probably as the data conversation started to increase, you know, around about the mid 2000s when Google bought DoubleClick. Hmm. And, you know, which is which is like a huge statement for someone in the tech industry to say nobody else cares. But it means that Google bought this this company that does advertising technology. And what it did was targeted advertising. And that was the moment we realized, like, huh, all this information we're giving Google is going to let them advertise to us. And they're going to want more and more and more. And everyone all of a sudden went, what exactly am I typing into that search box? I think it's really personal. <laughs> that could get real embarrassing real fast. And, you know, it's as the business model of these new tech companies started to develop, I think, at least for those of us in the tech industry, that's when I started to think they're going to want to know more and more about us. And that's going to become a big moneymaker. And, and it really did. It's interesting thinking about uh, the tech industry's social impact rather than just its economic impact as well and how its social impact influences, obviously, how we spend our money or spend our lives. And I was just, you know, when the movie Made in Manhattan came out, 
Jennifer Lopez says to her, whoever's mm-hmm. playing her son, um, when you get to school, you can Google it. And it was the first time I had heard this word used as a verb. And I don't even know when that movie mm-hmm. came out. But I remember thinking, actively thinking in that moment, is this a fad that will age about as well as this movie? Or is this something that we're all going to be saying in five or ten years? Well, obviously, now we know the answer to that. And I'm just curious how often you think when you're putting your stories together about the social impact and how that factors into the economic story. Yeah, it's I mean, we kind of can't overstate the size and influence of these companies. And and many of us, Google always felt really significant because it did a thing that you couldn't live without in some ways, which was search. But I think, you know, many of us were guilty of saying Facebook could go away mm-hmm. anytime. MySpace went away, so could Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's true. And I think Facebook made some very smart moves to make sure it didn't go away. But it's it has become a game of sort of trying to predict which one <laughs> might have that, that lasting impact. And then also realizing that there's no way. I mean, no one could have envisioned a company with the scope of something like Facebook, which is essentially bigger than most countries in terms of users, you know, and and has this kind of global power that's separate from governments. It's, you know, it's separate from economies. It's its own economy in some ways. And so I think that's part of what is, is really making us want to dig into this from, you know, in a way that Marketplace does so well, which is look at the business, follow the money and figure out how the business models of these companies made them so powerful that they are you know, they're ever-present. They're like oxygen. We're speaking with Molly Wood right now. She's the host and senior editor of Marketplace Tech. Molly, I want to ask you a little bit about your personal history. How did you become interested uh, from the early part of your career? Were you assigned the beat of covering tech industries? um, Or or is that something that you naturally evolved into as a teenager and then through college? I actually started my journalism career in news, in general news. As a reporter at the Associated Press, I covered a lot of sports. Um, I think there was a brief period where I thought I might become a sports reporter. And it my my move into tech was sort of an accident of geography. I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area in 1999, and it was the height of dot-com fever. And if you came to the Bay Area in 99, no matter what your job was, you were going to end up in tech somehow. <laughs> and I got a job at a magazine a magazine that covered the Macintosh industry, Apple. And I just discovered I really liked it. And I think a lot of the, actually a lot of the work I had done as a sports reporter translated over, you know, it was a lot of numbers and there were men everywhere you went. And <laughs> it was just uh, a lot of data at that time. And so it felt kind of like a natural evolution. And I think in it made me look back on my life and realize, oh, I'd already had this interest in tech, but it was never crystallized in my mind that way. You know, we had Apple computers really early at my house and I um, I always dated the geeky people and, you know, I had a cell phone pretty early. So I think it just was a nice mix of a thing that I was curious about that I really was lucky enough to find as a specialty, which, you know, in journalism can be kind of a kind of a lucky thing. Well, we've read a lot over the past few years, and I would say probably especially in the past couple years with the Me Too movement about um, the some of the struggles the industry, the tech industry has faced with sexism. And it's just it's a it's a field that te- seems to be dominated by men, especially at the 
the upper ranks of many of these businesses. Um, is that something that in the journalism world that you also had to tackle or deal with as a, as a woman working as a journalist? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no question that uh, there's no question that you know, Me Too is is relevant because it touches so many parts of society and so many parts of of every everybody's career. Certainly, being a woman covering technology was unusual. I was, you know, and and remain actually in the minority at most of the conferences that I go to, a lot of the events I go to. It's gotten better over time, but it certainly is there. And then, you know, I think there were even coming up as a journalist assumptions about what kind of coverage I would do or be interested in. And and I think it's it's an it helps me have empathy as we do these stories because so much of what we might cover in the tech industry of course, mirrors experiences that I've had in my own life. And it it resonates and it makes sense. And that's a big part of what we've tried to dig into on Marketplace Tech is, is you know, women in technology and also tracing some of these structural problems with the tech industry back to where they start, which is really at the venture capital stage. You know, when you look at some of the cultural values that get put into the tech industry, a lot of that comes from the fact that venture capital itself, the investors, are 90% men and mostly white and mostly located in certain geographic areas. Mm -hmm. And so what we've tried to do is sort of figure out how that, how that, the seeds get planted for this culture to keep going and going and going and, and try to, you know, try to talk about change at every level of the tech industry. Especially because you were there, you know, uh, you know, 20 years ago with this sort of infancy of this digital age. Did you ever feel like being a woman and trying to cover these stories became a roadblock for you because there were so many men in charge? Or was it more that you found something conversely, you were able to have more access to maybe people who wouldn't otherwise talk to a man or felt like, more comfortable talking to you as women maybe and they were working and they had different or better stories to tell because they weren't being talked to by other journalists perhaps. Yeah, I always think of it uh, in that as as sort of the latter, the last thing you said which is that you know, my experiences in my life gave me a different perspective on a lot of the stories that I would be covering. It made me mm-hmm. curious to talk to different kinds of people. Um, you know, I have a, a an almost 12-year-old son and that that just the experience of being a mom and then also hearing the things that he's talking about guide a lot of the questions that I ask. And so I think it does sort of it for me, you know, I, I look, I've had a pretty good experience on the internet <laughs> compared to a lot of women. And I know that I'm very lucky in that way. And I have was lucky enough to work for some great employers early on. And so I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel like it was hard for me to walk into a room as a woman. Possibly it did help that I was a sports reporter before I came to tech. You know, I was used to it by then. Um, That doesn't mean that I was not frequently mistaken for a a PR person and that that doesn't still happen. (laughs) But I think for me, it just came down to asking different kinds of questions. And that does get you a better story. Molly, I wanted to ask you lastly a bit more about the intersection of... um, uh, of the technology sector with uh, other traditional, I guess, if you want to say, business sectors, and how much we're seeing that overlap. Um, you know, for he- here in Detroit, obviously, I'm thinking a lot about the intersection now with the auto industry. When you go to the auto show, 
it's a lot like CES, and it's a lot about the future of cars on the inside rather than on the outside or what's under the hood. Um, and I wonder if you ever just sort of blown away with how many areas of the economy you can touch now by talking about tech that maybe 20 or 30 years ago, they they wouldn't have been connected to any other industry like the auto industry. It was really the, its own insulated thing, its own insulated economy. And and now that's just not true anymore. Do you find that to be the case more and more often? Oh, absolutely. And I would say even in the last five years or the last 10 years, I mean, it's just it's happened so quickly. And part of that is just the I I actually am. I think that the Internet is sort of the driving force of all of this. As soon as things could be connected, they got connected. And then that creates this kind of whole ecosystem that gets built around that. So if you can put a car on the internet, then you can start downloading updates to that car. You can start streaming music to that car. You can have that car talk to other cars and eventually be able to drive itself. And that level of connectivity is just going up and up and up. And so then what you find is that, you know, pretty traditional what we might think of, like you said, as traditional industries have to have whole new conversations about cybersecurity. I mean, cybersecurity in cars is a huge story and mm-hmm. is going to continue to be a huge story as they become, you know, multi-thousand pound robots, <laughs> which then the conversation gets a little scary. Um, <laughs> privacy, data collection, you know, your car knows everywhere you go. So what? who's in charge of making sure that that data is secure or Who's in charge of selling it to some other company? And should we get find out about that? Are we going to be told that as consumers? And so it's interesting to see basically all of these kinds of industries start to have conversations that the tech industry has been having for a long time and to see, you know, which ones are ready for hmm. those conversations. When I have come to Detroit and interviewed some of those, those leaders in the auto industry, I've said, do you have a, a chief privacy officer? Are you thinking about your data strategy? You know, and... And the the answers, I'm not going to put anybody on Front Street, but the answers are very interesting and not always the same. Molly Wood, host and senior editor of Marketplace Tech. Thank you so much. Thanks, Laura. Marketplace Tech begins airing right here on WDET tonight at 6.30 p.m. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.